and there was just no one that you could logically pinch hit with, because Biggio was already in the game. Uh, and then I think we have to address the, the thing nobody wants to hear about. Vlad Guerrero Jr. can't seem to get the ball off of the ground. Brian Baker should be sending thank you ba- like gift baskets to the Blue Jays for cutting him. And welcome to episode number 246 of Artificial Turf Wars, where we are eagerly awaiting the Toronto City Connect jersey release. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined by the towering Joshua Houston. How are you doing, Josh? <laughs> towering. I like that one. I'm good. Thank you. How about you? I, I am having a tough time with adjectives lately. That's that's what I know about that. Uh, I'm good. I am feeling all right. I am I'm feeling pretty good about the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays I think are six and one since we last recorded, um, largely due to a red hot uh, might as well be Bo Jackson, but it's Bo Bichette. Um, <laughs> it, in lieu of much else going on, because the bench has been questionable, um, and at the moment Teo is on the paternity list. Uh, we were watching a game just before we recorded where Gurriel may have pulled his hamstring in a very unfortunate uh, attempt to get to first base. Blue Jays haven't really been relying on the offense so much anyway. It's been a lot of pitching, especially against the Pirates. And if you don't include Mitch White, it's been pretty great across the board. Um, There are concerns that we were going to talk about with Vlad, who cannot seem to get the ball off of the ground, uh, but he he can pick it off the ground. Uh, We have your questions because we love answering those. We have a do-over for uh, both the premeditated balker, Jeff Nelson, and Brian Baker, a man with the chip on his shoulder and as well we're going to hand out our first and probably only ever tungsten star but uh for those of you in the meme meme universe you could probably guess what that's about shall we begin with a happy note the the impossible beau bichette renaissance he is just absolutely on fire it's something to behold i mean it helps that like the orioles pitchers are just throwing him a lot of meatballs but the biggest change, if you look at him, is that he's stopped chasing so much garbage. <laughs> I mean, he's still hyper-aggressive in the zone, you know, some first-pitch outs and some first-pitch home runs. But that's the Boba shit, the good. When, uh, hyper-aggressive in the zone is how he was one of the better hitters in the league the first few years of his career. It's the swinging stuff out of the zone that hurt him, and he's been not doing that as much. Yeah, good takes. I mean, if it's if it's not... In the zone, you need to recognize it early. And I think, like you said, he has that ability. He's established that he has that ability. Why did he get away from it? How long will he he be, you know, in the zone? I mean, tonight, I think he's taken an over as we are recording this. Um, uh, yep. Yeah, he's got an over with a walk. Um, but over like a six-game stretch, he had an uh, OPS plus of like 457 or something. <laughs> Well, I mean, just for perspective, since the start of August, his OPS is 960, and he was terrible for the first two weeks of August. Yeah. This includes, of course, we're 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 tightening this up around a three home run game. Um, sure. Which was spectacular, uh, and he but did. Before- I would say he did hit it on on, on the nose on, in his last at bat, but did not come close to a fourth home run. I was I was a little sad. Yeah, everybody was. 
But but the signs started to show up in even Chicago against Chicago, but mostly against Pittsburgh, where he was he started pulling fastballs. That that's been the most baffling thing about Bo's season to this point. He just wasn't pulling the ball unless it was a breaking ball. And you know, he's always been a guy who used the whole field. That's not really new, but he would also pull fastball mistakes. And he just wasn't doing that. He was late on so many meatball fastballs. It was really bizarre. And he, he seems to have fixed whatever timing issue that was. Maybe it was just something related to the approach in general, but that is the noticeable change that has accompanied the actual results. Uh, one home run to each field in the home three home run game as well, just for giggles. Um, yeah, I, we're giving all this this uh, time to Bo Bichette's offense because, gosh, it's it's tough to weed through what's left of the lineup um, and figure out on any given night who is going to be on base for Bo Bichette to drive in. <laughs> That's what it feels like, anyway. Yeah, I mean the only other guys that are hitting at all. Since, you know, in the last month, are Springer and Biggio, and Springer <coughs> and Biggio have only played like half the games. You know, the only, uh-huh. they're the only play- players with an OPS over 800 since the start of August, and there are only three players: Hernandez, Kirk, and Guerrero, who are over 700 since the start of August. It's actually like it's a it's a really strange thing what's happened to this lineup. I mean, the only three players who have OPSs of even 800 on the season are Springer, right at 800. Vlad at 822 and Kirk at 831. And considering where those guys were previously, that's not very good. And I know that the in run environment is a bit depressed, but it seems to me that something has gotten lost in translation here as far as approach. Yeah, and one of the weird things is that with Vlad, it's well, we'll get to Vlad in more in a bit, but I mean Springer just the power seems to have disappeared. He has one home run in his last 21 games. And that that's just like, you know, for the previous four years, he's been one of the best power hitters in all of baseball. And he just has not been hitting for power. It's very strange. Uh, Teoscar has just got his 20th home run. He has struggled to hit for power. Someone mentioned that uh, has he hit a home run down the right field line this year? He no, has, for sure. He has, but... Uh, it seems like a lot of uh, a lot of his power to the opposite field. It's a good thing he has it um, because he is not pulling the ball a whole lot. Uh, Guriel, we talked about his lack of power all season. We've talked about that several times. I don't know. I this team has been. I've expected this team to hit a lot of home runs, uh, you know, year after year. It really has been part of Blue Jays baseball for so long that I can barely remember a team that was not an above average home run hitting team. Yeah. And especially just the way that it's built, they're supposed to hit home runs because there's not a lot of high on base guys on the team. And the Jays are still in the top 10 in major league and home runs. They're eighth, but you know, there are 50 home runs behind the Yankees and that's just not the way that they're built to be. (laughs) They're one Aaron judge behind the Yankees. Um, <laughs> yeah, not even one. No, if they didn't have Judge, they'd be behind the Jays because he's he's got fifty five. <laughs> Good times. Like, and with the, how bad the rest of the Yankees are right now, why is anyone pitching to Judge? I don't even get it. Me either. Um, it's kind yeah. of a weird, but weird one. Just, just for comparison, though, last year the Blue Jays finished number one in baseball in home runs. So you know, it, it's a surprising change because this is the team 
the team was built expecting to do this. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of the, comp- the, the, the composition of the team, um, Teoscar Hernandez is on the paternity list uh, mm-hmm. for a few days. So they have called up Gabriel Moreno to fill that slot. And and we watched tonight as Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, it looked to me very much like he pulled his hamstring. He gripped you know, his thigh. Yeah. We went down the whole bit. Um, so your two corner <laughs> outfielders are gone for at least a few days. Uh, Gabriel Moreno doesn't exactly make up for that. So now you have a, and right now the outfield is Rymo Tapia, Whit Merrifield, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Gosh. <laughs> hey, you forgot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not what you want. And then this has been a problem with the Jays pretty much all season, but especially since the deadline when they, brought in Jackie Bradley Jr. afterwards and then brought Bradley Zimmer back. <clears throat> the Jays bench is bad. It's really bad. This came up in the game that they lost to Baltimore. They're winning the series finale as we speak. It's not over. But in the game they lost, in the I think it was the seventh inning, they had Maryfield, I think it was Tapia and Bradley Jr. or something coming up. I can't remember what three. It was two, three guys like that. And there was just no one that you could logically pinch hit with because Biggio was already in the game. And Espinal's not going to help. Yeah, well, actually, no, Espinal had already, sorry, he'd already pinch hit for Biggio when they brought right. the lefty in earlier. So I just don't, I, 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 there's just nothing you can do. I, I, and so that's why Moreno, who I don't know how much he's going to start. But he's a good hitter. And being able to pinch hit him for Bradley Jr. or Maryfield or Tapia or whoever, which one of them happens to be in the lineup at any given time for the next few days, is going to be huge. Because the bench is just so useless. But they can all play the field. So you can be really creative with when you use him. And I think that that's going to be a big help to the offense, especially going into this big series with Tampa. Speaking of big series, I think after coming out of a difficult homestand, uh, going into uh, Pittsburgh, the thought was very much the Blue Jays really need to sweep this series to to maintain their, you know, to get some momentum. I don't momentum. That's a bad description. To to sort of maintain their position in the wildcard race, sweeping in Pittsburgh seemed to be an imperative. And they did it with this lineup that's doing nothing because the pitching – took care of everything um, day after day after day. I I was stunned that they didn't blink the whole time they were in Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's bad, but I mean, we've watched them not perform against the Angels and give up 12 runs. Yeah, well, Mitch White didn't start. But uh, (laughs) no, the starting starting pitching and the relieving, the only pitchers who have an ERA over uh, of four or above since the beginning of August, are Meza, who was hurt and has been very good since coming back, Barrios, who had one of his blow-up starts, or a couple of them at the beginning of the month and has been great since, and then Kikuchi White and Whit Merrifield because he threw an inning in relief. But that's it. <laughs> like I had to include Merrifield. <laughs> I did because he technically threw an inning. But Romano has given up one run in 12 and two-thirds. Bass, two runs in 15 and a third. Garcia, three runs in 15 and a third. It's just... And, and then Trevor Richards just turned into a fantastic leverage reliever last night, notwithstanding. 
they've just been really, really good. And when that happens, even when the offense is playing as poor as it is, you can stay in games and you can win them. You know, even against the Pirates, you know, like, yeah, they suck. But if you don't pitch well and you hit the way they were, you're going to lose. And they, but they pitched well, so they won. Well, yeah. And I mean, I really believe that you can turn a game over to the Bass Garcia Romano triumvirate in whatever order you need to, to get them in. And maybe that means, you know, four outs for Romano. Um, and it's going to work 90% of the time because they're, they're, firing in all cylinders and they're, they, they've been consistent all season. Yeah. And, and so Bass, when he came over, we sort of said it's not going to sustain what he was doing in Miami. So technically he hasn't, cause he's given up two home runs now in Toronto, but everything else has been the same. He had that. Those are the only two runs he's given up two solo home runs. He has been unreal. And you know, when you, like you said, you could use them in any order. It seems like they're more using Garcia as the true setup guy, but they don't have to. And no, and I, I don't. I don't. I don't think Schneider feels like he he is, uh, you know, pinned to that. I think it's just it, it's. There's been no reason not to do it that way up to this point. Well, and and the biggest one too, which I loved. So we're talking about this Pittsburgh series where they pitched so well. They had a bullpen game, and I believe it was the fourth inning. Kikuchi had come in. He'd thrown two and a third. And it was a one-to-one game. So it was the fifth inning. Sorry, it was the fifth. And he put a couple guys on. And, you know, I, I think if Charlie Montoya were still managing, that would have been the equivalent of Trent Thornton coming into that spot. Mm-hmm. That This is what he did. Uh, but with two outs, or so with one out and two on, he turned to Yumi Garcia in the fifth inning because he's, he was the best guy available. Yeah. And he got a he got a double play to get out of the inning, and that was just such a huge flip in the where the 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 trajectory of the game when you shut down that rally. It's exactly what the Orioles actually did in the game that the Jays lost in the series. Again, to get the last one's still not over, so I'm not trying to jinx anything here. But they brought in their leverage relievers in the fifth inning, and it stopped the Jays from scoring with first and third and nobody out. Yeah. We've yeah, seen this in the Dylan playoffs. Tate. We've seen this in the playoffs for years, right? Um, way back to you know 2017, I think was was the first time I saw it with. I mean, it might not have been 2017, but we saw it with as soon as something went awry, uh, and there was a rally brewing, um, not only to the bullpen but to the high leverage reliever. Yeah. Um, and and there's there's no reason to confine that strategy to the to the playoffs, especially in a game where you've got uh, the starter out of the game early uh, or, you know, the starter in trouble early. If you, if you feel like you need those wins to get to a wild card spot or to get to a better wild card spot, you might as well. Tradition be damned. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, Yeah. So we, as a team, the Jays traded for a new fifth starter because Yusei Kikuchi wasn't working out and they got, a guy who has been unequivocally worse than you say, Kikuchi. I, so how does Mitch White pitch well against New York, Cleveland, and I forget who the other one team uh, the team was. It was a good team, the Twins. And then suck against Chicago, the Angels, and Baltimore. <laughs> I don't get it. 
I don't know either. Um, and of course, as I think all of us may have guessed, Kikuchi is basically a strikeout machine in relief because he's not trying to pace himself or doing any, anything fancy. <laughs> he still walks people, don't get me wrong. But I, it's very difficult to make contact. So like a, I think 46% strikeout rate was what I, I read the other day from the, from the bullpen. What do you do with the fifth, um, fifth starter role? So, the- as you mentioned at the top, I think, White has been optioned. He will be back because they have a doubleheader coming up, but he, and they can call him back up as the 29th man. You're allowed to do that. They did Zach Pop against Baltimore, even if the guy's still on option. But it's a very good question. They're going to have to do another bullpen day against Texas just so they can line their pitching up, and you don't want to do that against Tampa. So they'll they'll do one probably in the series finale against the Rangers so they can go Barrios and Manoa and then White or Kikuchi, whoever they choose in the second game of that. But it's a really tough one because there's no real good option. Uh, you know, They don't really have guys in Buffalo that I would say make sense. To you know, Thomas Hatch has been that guy, but I don't think he's going to be any better than those guys. You know, he's not even pitching well in the minors. So I think you either have to go back to Kikuchi or you just have to hope Mitch White pitches better. I, I don't really see a good choice here, which is unfortunate at this point in the season to not have a guy you trust at all in the fifth, fifth spot. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it, it, come the playoffs, it doesn't matter. That fifth spot no. is is non-existent anyway but it is a weird thing to really have run the depth out on september 7th (laughs) and been like well this is it i don't know i Um, mean the problem is just that go ahead the the problem is just that guys like white and kikuchi are supposed to be better than they are it's like it's like mitch white he's not a rookie Right, you know, he'd been up previously with the Dodgers. He was up for a bit last year. He might still be technically a rookie. I don't know, but he with the Dodgers in fifty-six innings, he had a three-point-seven ERA. Yeah. With the Blue Jays in twenty-five innings, he's an eight-point-one-seven ERA, and you now his FIP is excellent. I hate FIP, but he's just it, it, the problem is he's just not putting guys away and then he walks them like the, the inning he had against Baltimore when he went when he walked Odor and Mateo and then hit Mullins to start an inning you just can't do that you can't walk those first two guys who have a combined on base percentage under 600 yeah. under I think it's under 550 if you added their two com- oh, base percentages com- together hmm. he's just helping him pump those numbers up uh, and then I think we have to address the the thing Nobody wants to hear about Vlad Guerrero Jr. Can't seem to get the ball off of the ground. It's baffling how much he's regressed in this regard. It's it's to the point where if he, I don't want him coming up with runners on the corners or bases loaded and one out because I expect him to hit into a double play. And, you know, like that's not the way it's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the best hitter you want up in every key situation. Yeah, last year sometimes he hit into double plays, but he hits the ball so hard that's going to happen. This year he's just hitting everything on the ground. It's just a two hopper to shortstop every at bat. And he got an RBI in the, in the game that's currently going on because he hit it too slowly on first and third to second base for them to turn a double play. And it's just it's a problem. And I think that it's odd that he's the one guy they're not moving around the lineup. 
I think he has to. I think he has to go down for a couple games just to try to get his head straight. Yeah, but put him fifth and tell him he's there to just golf the ball out of the stadium. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you certainly don't want to sit him because, man, does he play first base. <laughs> we had to mention this because the play that he made in this game, I've never seen that. He came in to field a, a slow hit ball, and he crossed paths with Manoa because they're both going for the ball in the bag. <clears throat> and then when Vlad picked it up, he flipped it behind his back and hit Manoa in stride for the yep. out at first. And and Manoa didn't even have to uh, – it was just a light tap on first base. It was like the ball just was meant to be there. And it was a no-look flip. It was a just – strange and and savant like in its in its perfection um i mean he hasn't been too shabby otherwise i don't think um we talked a lot about i don't want to go too much in depth into bichette his defense has been a little up in the air while his offense has been booming so it's easier to overlook um but in comparison the the corners are are way more solid than the middle uh, middle infield defense on this team right now yeah i mean so chapman hasn't made as many of the i can't believe how far he went to get that ball plays but was it he made was it pittsburgh where he turned the double play no it was baltimore it was baltimore okay and that's the play that made me think about it. It was a, it was a, he, it was a play where he was charging in, and in nobody's mind is it a double play ball. But he still got the ball the second in time, and they got the first of a double play, because he's just his decision making is so good. Which is why that random White Sox game where, which cost, uh, I think it was Manoa, but it might have been Gossman a chance to get a, a shutout. Why he when he screwed it up with his indecision. That was was so weird because that's the only time you see it. He's so aware of everything on the diamond, and it's just such a contrast to everybody who's played there before him. He's he's almost inhuman. He just makes a mistake every once in a while, so you remember that he's human. <laughs> that's what we're going with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be pitching and defense all the way to the World Series, as I think is what we've concluded uh, in our small sample size of one week since we last podcasted. <laughs> yeah. It does, it's things have happened. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a brief break and we're going to come back with your questions right after this. And like a, uh, a, bad penny we keep coming back for the second half of the show every single episode just to answer your questions time now to hear from our listeners that just seems silly here are the rules first i ask a question then you ask a question then how does that sound sweetheart could you repeat the question please one does wonder what a bad penny is versus a good penny um kevin (laughs) at kevin chase four asks a a question that i think psychic um, Josh can answer. Will warnings be issued again tonight, and will Manoa be tossed early for pitching inside? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the no. advantage of recording here in the end is in the, going into the ninth inning. <laughs> yeah, uh, Manoa's 
are going to do just fine tonight, Kevin. I have a good feeling. Um, <laughs> There's a reason this question was asked, which we're going to get to. Yes. In our in our premeditated box segment. Um, also, in our chirping the benches segment. Right. Um, many, many do-overs. Howie says, says underscore Howie, says, looking beyond the season, is there a way that the Jays can financially afford to sign Vladdy and Bo without having the rest of the team be all low-cost players and rookies. Can I answer this? Sure, go for it. Yes, of course. You can... It's Rodgers. Rodgers can spend exactly as much as they feel like on this team. (laughs) The payroll parameters and all that other stuff, that's just talking points. They they could spend $250 on a baseball team if they wanted to be the Dodgers and, and work out just fine. Yeah, it's they absolutely can afford to do it. The issue that's going to come up is that the uh, the Jays have a lot of money. Like, there's not really anything coming off the books. It's only stripling. And who knows? They're probably going to want to try to keep him. So there's some challenges, but. Absolutely, yes. They can afford it, and they should afford it. If that's what they want to do, then money shouldn't be the problem. Yeah. I mean, now, will they spend that money, and can they afford to spend that money are actually two different questions. Um, We have seen a very rich owner, this particular one, and many other ones in baseball, uh, not uh, dive in uh, during their competitive window to the extent that they could have. So I'm not saying they're going to, but they can absolutely afford it. Um, Howie also asked a second follow-up question. Who is more annoyed? The guy that has to pick up Gaussman's gum after each inning because it just seems he tosses it away walking to the dugout or the guy who has to explain the clear lane to the plate rule yet again? Oh, my God. I hate that rule. I, I, I don't... I used to think I had it. I used to think I understood that once you were ball in hand as a catcher, you could be wherever you were, Right. But now, apparently, you have to be in some secret box located in a safe safe location to catch the ball. And then you can begin moving to the plate to tag the runner. I, I like It's insane. The, the play that happened with Kirk, was it Rushman coming down the line? Um, I, think, I think it was. But he was not close to the plate when Kirk went over to get the ball. I think that the rule should be amended that if you are impeding the runner in some way by moving, blocking the plate, the runner is safe. But if the runner's not in the vicinity of the plate, who cares where you're standing? Yeah. And Kirk went from fair to foul territory, of all things, in order to catch the ball to apply the tag. So it's not like he went he went and backed into the plate to catch the ball. He was he was moving off. He's like, oh, I can't catch it on the fair side. It's too high. I'll cross over and I'll catch it in foul territory and try and pull it down and make the tag. Because it wasn't a great throw, obviously. And yeah. that was still impeding the runner somehow. It's like brain explodes. So, I mean, basically, if there's a runner coming around third and there's a, a throw anywhere close, they could just decide you're in the lane. That's just how it is. Yeah, it's so stupid. Uh, The guy who has to... uh, The guy who has to pick up Gusman's gum is obviously more annoyed if anybody ever does pick up his gum. I assume there's just chunks (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, who knows on that one. 
Andrew Rushpler at a Rushpler uh, says, do we have any viable options for the fifth starter that don't involve having to score 10 runs to win? We covered this. No, <laughs> not right now. Uh, well, regressed to the mean Yusei Kikuchi or, or Mitch White or a combination of the two would probably work. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, they shouldn't be. Mitch White should be better than he has been. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Um, yep. And then, of course, the most important question. Do the Jays top of the lineup hitters from Jarrett S at JRod19. Uh, do the Jays top of the lineup hitters ground into more double plays than average, or do I just remember too many of them to be objective here? So Vlad is number two in baseball in grounded in double plays. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And Bo Bichette is 14th. <laughs> and then Teoscar's in the top 30 somewhere, 26th. And then what the real issue is that with the bases, or sorry, with runners in scoring position, the Jays, as a team, per plate appearance with runners in scoring position, have grounded into the most double plays in the league. And that's a problem. It's been a big problem. They have just too many guys who hit the ball onto the ground, and they need to start fixing that. Uh, and soon. It's September. So thank you for your question to depress us a bit more. Um, but you know what's not depressing? When we hand out a do-over. Oops, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> but what if you could do it all over again? But what I really meant was... I felt that was the appropriate stinger because of the amount of confrontation in our do-overs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, would you like to explain why Jeff Nelson is competing with Angel Hernandez for worst umpire in the league? I think he passed him. I... I've now come around to the thought that he may have intentionally screwed the Jays over in the 2015 LCS because what he did to Alec, to Kevin Gaussman was intentionally antagonistic towards the Blue Jays. He went into the game with the full intent of calling a balk the first time a runner got on base. There was no, I'm watching the game and I noticed something. He was ready to do it. And he, and that's just not okay. That's like umpire should not be trying to control the game in that fashion. It's a literal ump show. As, as explained to him when he was behind the plate, when he tossed John Schneider, uh, after having a wildly inconsistent zone all night, uh, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a terrible home plate umpire, but I honestly think that there's like, he might do it on purpose to the Jays. He might be one of those guys who hates Canada. One of these nonsense umpires that like that, yeah, but we'll never know. That's we'll never sure. know, but like, that's just not acceptable. You, like do, the league should punish him for that. We do know how fast Bo Bichette can get from his shortstop position to between the umpire and Kevin Gossman though, which is pretty darn quick. Yeah, that, that, that should be a gold star. We're not giving him one, but like, that was incredible. He's, they needed him in the game. It was part of a doubleheader. They couldn't yeah. have the bullpen come in early, and he got there fast. That was like a real veteran move. Yeah, and he didn't He didn't even, you know, the manager usually gets in front and does the jawing with the umpire. He was just like straight at Gaussman, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're leaving now. <laughs> uh, was, it makes me laugh. Grown men pushing one another around on a grassy field. Uh that is do-over number one. Uh, Jeff, how about fair and impartial? You just called I, me Jeff? Uh, oh, I Jeff Nelson. Jeff, I got Jeff you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I thought you moved on to the second one. My no, bad. no. <laughs> how about fair and impartial is the do-over? Uh, number two. Um, unnecessary aggression 
to to the bench. Why is it always Baltimore? Are, are the dugouts closer to one another where everybody can hear everything everyone says? Is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Brian Baker's an idiot. That's all I have to say about this one. I, Brian Baker apparently has some issue with the fact that the Jays DFA'd him and he got picked up by the Orioles. And every time he pitches against the Blue Jays, he stares down their dugout and he walked towards first and started jawing with Hey Oscar. Brian Baker should be sending thank you ba- like gift baskets to the Blue Jays for cutting him. If the Jays tried to take Baker into the season this year, he would have been searching for a job in the middle of the season. I mean, he had a 5.66 ERA at the end of May. The Jays just would not have kept that around. There's no way he would have been able to figure things out in the big leagues as he has done with a team with World Series aspirations. The Orioles, despite where they are, aren't that. They traded their closer at the deadline. They traded Trey Mancini at the deadline. They're willing to let guys figure things out. Brian Baker's not in the major leagues right now if he's with the Jays. So his reaction is just so stupid. I mean, additionally, Teoscar Hernandez did not cut him. John Schneider did not cut him. Like, the people responsible for him changing cities or organizations are not in the dugout. Like, it just, I don't know. It's its like its like you get hit by a, a, a car and you, you get angry at every model of car that goes by that's the same car. It's like, no, that, that's not how it works. Um, you're, you're, you have misplaced your aggression, sir. Take anger, anger management courses. That's the do-over. There you go. Um, I do not actually have a thing for a tungsten star here, so just <laughs> just just listen and put put tungsten in here. I think that's rather brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. Yes. So some time ago, and I I actually have the original t- tweet here, May seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Matt at Matt Tomic. Uh, who is a, a funny guy on Twitter who has has had the uh, uh, a couple of, of tweets go viral previously, um, tweeted the following. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 while Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Armo Doyle of the 1920 Akron Groomsman as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. to um, That has 54,000 likes at 11.8 thousand retweets and tonight um Shohei Otani and Mike Trout hit their 32nd and 33rd home runs <laughs> and the Detroit Tigers defeated the California Angels yes that's what I'm going to call them five to four and the Tigers account official account tweeted Tungsten Armo Doyle would be proud it's amazing how much, how many people use it? I, I constantly I see. Uh, oh, yeah, it's just everybody. I mean, I, I it's people you would not expect that aren't Blue Jays fans that would necessarily follow him or whoever. And it's just it's it's everywhere. It's it's now the thing. Tungsten Armo Doyle is the thing. <laughs> I am pretty sure there was a reference to it by David Ortiz, I think, on Twitter, which is like Fox Sports mentioned it. Um, also note the date on that tweet, May 17th memes die quickly in this world. So the fact that Tungsten Armo Doyle as Shohei Otani, um, you know, the comp, 
uh, has lasted for multiple months is a credit to the cleverness uh, and the, the sort of that underlying truth of the futility of the angels all wrapped up in one. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like like you could start a Tungsten Armadoyle account and uh, go toe-to-toe with Old Haas Radborn at this point. So shout oh, out sure. to you. Uh, if you would like a Tungsten Star, Matt, you can come on the show and we will figure out how to virtually create one of those for you. Oh, it, it's been a week, Josh, yep. a good week. And I'm still a little scared for how the next week is going to go. Um, yep. <laughs> can you, can you tell me, was Alec Manoa angry at being removed from the game for closer Jordan Romano? I can't because I'm not watching because I'm recording the podcast. Sure. <laughs> That's what he says, folks. It's on All game right. day. Well, in that case, can you give me uh any final thoughts that you might have about about Sorry, this? I was gonna mention this specifically that you just brought up. So Romano did come in and he's currently pitching. There's nobody on, nobody out. Which means that Jay Happ is still the last pitcher to get an out in the ninth inning for the Toronto Blue Jays back in twenty eighteen. The last starting pitcher. Last yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough season. Yeah. The Jays just can't get to the ninth. Uh but yeah, in the last shutout, their last complete game was Marcus Stroman in 2017 in April. So the last complete it, game shutout, I believe, was Mark Burley in 2015. That is correct. So it's been a while <laughs> and it's too bad because I would have really liked to see Ramo- uh, Manoa go and finish this one out because I'm sure he could have thrown a thousand pitches in this game. Yeah, the way he was going. The world is the world has changed in many many ways, and uh, complete games are. We thought they were dead when when Roy Halladay retired. Boy, we had no idea. So, and part of it, I think, if Romano had pitched recently, then they would have set Manoa back up. But Romano hadn't pitched since the Pittsburgh series, and they have an off day the next day. So, I think they wanted to get him in. Yeah, you, you don't want the rust uh, piling up. Um, do I have a clever final? I don't think I have a clever final thought this week. I think I am I am hoping that uh, Romano can get the following two outs because he did strike out Rutschman, which is the big out. Um, the, you know, they're down to six games left with Baltimore from 10 when we last started a podcast. Uh, it's gone pretty well. They're looking to go three and one if they can get two more outs. Um, that is a relief, but there's a lot of Tampa Bay in the future. So if all of you out there in podcast line could keep your fingers crossed, I'd really appreciate it. That said, you were Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I was Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And this was episode number 246 of Artificial Turf War.